It's Wellness Wednesdays. It's Wellness Wednesdays. And yes, my Barbie inspired videos are continuing um, because every so often I do the bare minimum to make the YouTube algorithm ha happy. And I am enjoying the whole Barbie phenomenon and I quite like the movie. I actually like the movie more than I thought I would. Um, I'll give the patrons a longer review of the movie. So if you want that sort of content that just does not do well in the YouTube algorithm, but patrons enjoy it. So for a couple bucks a month, you get my thoughts on stuff like that. Um, you know what's coming. Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron. Patreon.com slash Leanna K. Or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it. Coffee.com slash Leanna K. Or Men's Network. We are fundraising to start in the fall. We have two, uh, we have two weeks paid for. Like two weeks of sessions paid for. Yay now. So, um, the goal is we get, you know, some runway fund it up and then we can start and you know just keep the ball rolling afterwards and um okay if you're crowdfunding for a men's network why are you talking about barbie um there's actually some universality in the movie that impressed me and again the patrons will get this but ultimately the movie is about self-concept and choice and what it means to have relative power, what it means to have no power. I'm going to avoid major spoilers, but both with Barbie and Ken, they're both great. Margot Robbie and, and um, what's his name? Ryan Gosling are both great. Everybody in the movie is good. It wasn't a single week performance, including Kate McKinnon, that I normally feel overdoes it. So, um, but it comes down to what it means to make choices and what it means to have real autonomy and the messiness that comes with it. And what I liked about the movie is it made it clear you, you you can't have it all. It's almost like it's deprogramming this thing of you can be anything you want if you work hard. I was I was talking with someone over the weekend about, you know, the messaging of uh, you can be president if you want to be. And the problem with with that messaging is that that is true for one person every four to eight years, which means for most people no, no, you can't, you know, there's, there's three people a generation that is true for. Uh, so why do we do that? You know, why do we make that the standard instead of something like, if you really want to, you can own your own business, you know, you can, uh, my standard is always, you can put more into the world than was there when you found it. That's sort of how I make my choices. Um, that is something within your control. But the thing about working hard to build a business is it is literally not pretty. You cannot be super polished every 
minute of the day, you know, Barbie style, um, and run your own business and, you know, work 11 to 12 hour days. Um, it just, something gives. And they actually deal with that in the Barbie movie in a way I very much enjoyed because it is true. We artificially pedestal people who are shiny instead of who are actually imperfectly doing the tough stuff to make everyone's lives less shitty. And I like how the Barbie movie really subtly challenged that because it definitely takes a stand that the world of play is not the real world, which is quite nice to see in media aimed at women, let me tell you, because you usually hear the it isn't real in regarding men and media, uh, but with women Everything that comes out of everyone's mouth is supposed to be the God's truth and instant mind control on children. And, you know, the, the truth is that if, if your greater expectation around you is not that you be Barbie, then you're not going to feel threatened by the standard of be Barbie. It's going to be that stupid. I don't want that. I don't want people in my life that expect me to be that because that's not me. And the funny thing about seeing Barbie is I mentioned this on Twitter. I related most to Ken in the movie and Ken's arc is pretty much what it's like to be a female video game journalist. Hear me out. You're constantly going to be the also ran the sidekick the friend the supporting character you're never going to be centered and then one day you get your first taste of the concept of patriarchy and you go a little crazy telling everybody about it for a while until you realize you you have to just be your own person. Um, and yeah, for people wondering about the whole use of patriarchy in the film, Ken says it more than anybody else. Every other character barely says it at all. It's a joke. But people took that so seriously, right? And that's one of those choices that You can choose to buy in to really obsessing over that concept and talk about it incessantly and complain about it and yell at people on social media about it. Or you can decide to understand that historically something like that has been a real lever in the world and how it affects people. And yes, you can't change that. You can't change the past. I would, I would like to, the stories to stop about people trying to change the past because 
we need stories right now giving people um, examples of people making imperfect choices with incomplete information and muddling through because that's the reality, right? When I chose to move from more core gaming content into the mental health space, uh, I didn't know how it was going to go. I just knew that I was really tired of the grind and I was so tired of the only thing people wanted to talk to me about was being a woman who was harassed in gaming. You know, they didn't want my opinions on anything, but that one article I wrote as a rebuttal to, uh, to Polygon, and oh my God, everybody read way too much into that. But, you know, that it was, oh, you're a woman in gaming. Uh, tell us about harassment. It's like, I don't want to. Anybody on the internet gets harassed. It's not just women that get it. And so they didn't want to talk to me anymore because I wasn't womaning right. And I knew that wasn't life. I knew that wasn't something I wanted to keep beating my head against the wall. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to um, do my best to make my own game, which we did work on over the weekend. Um, and, uh, I'm going to move into what's really going on behind all these fights with gaming and gamers, which is a whole bunch of people who are nerds. And for whatever reason, everybody in this space forgot everybody else is also a nerd. And... People, for whatever reason, were not recognizing that that person you're yelling at is probably just as freaked out, scared, and doesn't know what they're doing as you. And they may have a bigger megaphone, but, you know, they certainly don't have it any more together than you do. Trust me, a lot of people writing about games do not have their shit together. That was one of the things I found very frustrating was that because I had come from talk radio and music documentary, um, I had a greater breadth of experience of how things worked in other sectors. So the bullshit just bothered me more because I knew how unprofessional it was and I knew how passive aggressive it was. And... You know, I, I, Gamergate also just destroyed freelance page rates because it sucked all the advertising dollars out of the sector. And it's just, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm making less money for more work and it's fucking miserable. And would I, would I like a space to talk more about games? Yeah. Um, but the screaming is just, these are choices, right? You have to take the bad with the good. You can also decide the bad's not worth the good. And, you know, I still do Twitch. 
and Twitch, I like it. It's like 30 people watch every week. That's good for me because I know most people there. I start to learn a bit, a bit about them. Uh, I stream on, on Twitch Tuesdays from like 6, 6 p.m. Eastern-ish to 9 p.m. Eastern-ish. And, you know, one guy shows the, the Warhammer model he's painting and somebody else shows the art they're working on and we talk about stuff and and we have some pretty good debates and it's a good group. And that's what gaming is to me. It's that sharing element. And it's the thing I have always loved about the video game space that I did not find in comics. I did not find in um, prose publishing. Is there sort of an experimental spirit and sort of, a, we're going to try things and, you know, it, it might be like really super weird, but somebody might like it. You know, you get games like Thomas Was Alone or Starwall or, is that what it's called? Your little space narwhals? Um, you know, weird little games like that that are fun and somebody made them and shared them. And, you know, indie games are sort of a best and worst space because that's where a lot of the garbage politics happen too. But what I eventually realized is you don't have to partake in that. They, they don't have to be your people. You can just sort of do your own thing on the side, not engage with the usual suspects at all. Just talk to people on social media some people will sample your stuff. You don't really need those networks the same way because there are, there are so many places to share what you make. And, but it's a choice to not join that group. And are there trade-offs? Absolutely. Are there certain things that you're cut off from? Yeah, sure. The thing is that even if you totally lick boots for years, you're not guaranteed, you know, gaming press media coverage. They wait until your game is really successful and then they cover you. So it doesn't really matter how your game is successful, right? So you can choose to bow your head to that very high tension, you say one thing wrong, you're ostracized group, or you can run your own race and just do your own thing and just get the game into people's hands and let them tell people about it. You know, you, you don't have to have like perfect left-wing talking points because you know what? Nobody does. And that's the thing. Nobody is perfect. No real human is perfect. And the, the Barbie movie really drilled down on this in a way that was subtle enough that if you weren't really paying attention, you might miss it or your own baggage may prevent you from seeing it. But, you know, in Barbie land, everything can be perfect. And the whole point is everything is quote unquote perfect. And if you don't like the color pink, Barbie land's not perfect. And 
I'm allowed to go, no, that is not my idea of, of perfection, you know? Because uh, not only is it very pink, and I wore my one pink shirt uh, that I owed to Barbie. The only reason I own it is it's mosquito resistant. It's mosquito repellent. And the only shirt they had in my size was pink. So I bought it because it was just to walk the dog. I'm like, I don't care. It's the only freaking pink shirt I have. And so I wore it and I posted the picture. But um, I wore a teal shirt underneath it. And somebody said, oh, you dressed in the trans flag. That's so you. I'm like, that was an accident. That's where I roll. Uh, but that was not a choice. That was just, I happened to wear a lot of teal. And I had the teal t-shirt on. Gotta go to the movie. Pink shirt. Didn't even think. And there are some people that are going to insist that was deliberate and some sort of message. It was not. And there's nothing you can do about that. Actually, that's not true. You can choose to engage with it and try to persuade people who don't want to be persuaded. Or you can just go back to your life. And this is one of those things about choices that Barbie really touched on. Human beings have to make choices. Human beings don't live in a world where every woman is named Barbie except for Midge and Stacy, and every guy is named Ken except for Alan. Um, and, you know, there's no... There's no brand standard telling you what's good or not no matter what choice you make in thanks scout in terms of even what color you have your hair what eyeshadow you wear what shirt you end up throwing on at the last minute not realizing that every color combination in the world that gingers can wear is now politicized because teal and pink actually looks quite good. But it's the trans flag. Purple and green actually quite look quite good. That is either, you know, the turf colors or the Gamergate colors, depending on who's mad at me this week. There is no combination of colors I can wear that look flattering that isn't some political message. Nothing I can do about that. I can choose not to care and just wear what I like. That's the choice. And you may say, that's not a really good choice. But again, we go back to the, the, the fact that, you know, even the Barbie movie is going, if you want to make choices, somebody's going to think something about you is ugly. If you want to make anything, if you want to create anything, somebody is going to think you're ugly and wrong. And there's a very funny part in the movie where somebody, a, a teenage girl, calls Barbie a fascist. And Barbie is a doll. And so she takes the meaning of the words kind of both literally and with no real understanding of what the definition means. Uh, and it's, it's a, it, it results in a very funny joke. And it was, it was well done because it, um, it spoke to the fact that people are going to call all of us a whole bunch of names. They cannot prove the accusation. They just say it 
to fling their overwhelming emotional pain onto someone else and they picked you that day. And that was their choice. You can choose not to continue the cycle of emotional abuse, right? You can choose to get very upset and run around having to disprove every false claim about you or you can choose to go, you know what, that's not the best use of my time. And it's really hard to accept that some people are just going to find you ugly. And it's not fair. It's not true. You know, one of the poignant things about the Barbie movie is everybody likes Margot Robbie. She's very likable. And she's playing a character that everybody has a very um a very charged relationship with well every girl has a very charged relationship going growing up and so she you know she encounters people that just hate her and you know because you're following her story you see she's actually a very nice person but it's what she represents that the people are lashing out against. And there's nothing you can do about that. You have to choose how you're going to spend your energy. And sometimes you do, you do have to do cleanup. Other times you have to just go, they were never going to like me. They want to not like me. So I am going to give them the joy of hating my guts because that's the way I can make them happier today. I can't make them happy because they're miserable people. Because if they weren't miserable people, they wouldn't be that invested in hating me. Um, but hey, I gave them a, a bit of a deflective boost. I made somebody's day a little brighter by letting them hate my guts. That's what I choose to do a lot of the time because if I get into a protracted fight with people, um, it's, it's not just bad for me. It's, I have clients to consider as well. Sorry, Scout's got this one nail that's stabbing me. So come on, Scout. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I have my client base to consider. And so I got to pick my battles. But somebody goes after one of my people, you know they'll get me. And that's also not just because I just, I cannot stand bullies. And, you know, knowing the, knowing the stories of some people intimately, I know what they're going through and you know, they're, they're, they're doing the work. They're doing their best to make their lives better. And some assholes just on them being a dick bag. No, they get me. Um, and that, that's, you know, it's not performative. I'm legit pissed off in those moments, but you know, that's because I know that person's been dealing with enough. Whereas me, it's like, eh, really not that important. It's it's nice to be able to make fun of the woman stalking me because I remember one point I was freaking terrified of that woman and those days are over. Um, she has no power over me because if she approaches me in public, she goes back to jail. 
Like she gets anywhere near me in the real world, she goes to jail because third strike. Um, and she knows that. And she watch she hate watches these videos, so you know, uh, she knows that I know that. Um, if you get a weird comment in the comments, like if you comment and she responds, just block her. No need to respond. Um, and that's the thing. Eventually, you just have to let the haters burn themselves out. You can't spend your life trying to convince people who will never be convinced. And that is a lesson I wish I learned much sooner. Because in media, there is intense pressure for everyone to like you. Not, not on yourself. I do not claim I put that pressure on myself. I had people literally going, make them like you, you cow. Um, if somebody didn't like me, it was my problem. Well, why don't they like you? Uh, the worst was when I was working in news talk radio and the program director. Uh, there were these three, I nicknamed them the Heathers, three women on the station's Facebook group that just hated my guts. And the program director thought these three women spoke for a much larger group. And so... He made me go on the air and do an hour inviting people to call in to say, why don't you like me? Ask people, why don't they like me? It was something a male host would never be expected to do. It was so stupid and it was terrible radio because people didn't call in to say, I don't like you. One person called up and said I had an annoying voice and I hate that shit because that's very subjective. But most of the people said, you know, no, I like you. I think you're pretty good. And it, it just, I can't stand that shit because, not that I don't like compliments. It's not that. It's just radio is not the, like talk radio with a conservative bent is not the place for that. It's like, of course, some people are not going to like you. What the fuck? And, you know, I, I swore off talk radio after that for a while. The fact that I'm back in it now is kind of funny, but things change, right? It's also a choice to give things another chance. But if you are looking for the perfect choice, you are going to end up making no choice. You are going to end up living in your version of Barbie land where it's just play pretend and everything is the same every day and everything is safe, even though it's really not. You know, if you're a Ken, Barbie land fucking sucks. But it's the way it's always been and it's the way it's always going to be. Why? Because you're not making choices. You're choosing to not make a choice. The minute you start making choices, people don't like you. But then you can create things. Then you can connect with people. If you're spending all your time censoring yourself because you're af if you're afraid of cancellation, you're never going to connect because people don't see you for who you are. And the best way to meet people, I find, is, you know, be yourself is a platitude, but it's more say what you mean and mean what you say.
and actually say it. You know, be be aware that you're fair. You know, don't don't make accusations you can't prove. Don't state your feelings as facts. Don't express an emotional response as an accusation. Right. The funny thing about somebody calling Barbie a fascist is because it's not Barbie is not a fascist. Barbie makes her feel bad. And it's trendy for young people to call everything that makes them feel insecure, powerless, fascist. That's why the joke's funny. But just because somebody calls you a name doesn't mean it's true. And the fact that it hurts, people say it hurts because a part of you thinks it's true. No, sometimes it really hurts because it's not true and it doesn't feel fair. And that's absolutely valid. And you're allowed to go, you're allowed to have a moment of, this is so unfair. This is fucked up. I hate this. It's important to validate that. And feel bad about it for a bit. And then ask yourself, what can I do about it? And the more you go after that person that called you a fascist, because you're trying to change the outcome, the more that person recognizes that they have power to hurt you. If you start using it as a joke, um, it diffuses the weapon, right? And sometimes it's just, um, that's the best way to go about it. To go, yeah, okay, they think that about me. They're an asshole, you know, and it's okay to think someone is not a great human being. And if you don't want to think they're a bad person, I, I believe in using that claim really sparingly. But you, you can just go, no, they're wrong about me. You know, maybe there's a few things that I can do better. Definitely there's a few things that I can do better. Um, but, you know, if you're like me, you go, you know what? I'm tired of arguing people. And it's like, wow, you've really mellowed. No, I just save my Kratos rage for stuff that matters a little more. And that's why I just can't. I just can't bring myself to get back into games, even though I have a lot of thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom. I may I may share them on Twitch. Um fascinating game fascinating game really just loving it not just as a player but as a developer like really educational really instructive um may do a patreon video about it that if it's good enough i'll release because i don't want to go in and drop all like the video and i i'm too busy i'd love to be able to do those high production values videos i'm too busy and I, I have to make choices about how to use my time. And there's a lot of people making comments about games. And there was a time that I'm like, I'm going to, I have something to say that I don't see anybody else saying. Um, and I'm just going to do it. The problem is that not in game dev itself, but in, in the games media, Women commentators will always be Ken in Barbie land. We will always be 
the perpetual guest. Not as bad as comics. Woo! Because uh, in comics, you're perpetual guests, even on the creator side. Uh, never, and never mind the fandom. Uh, in, in games, it is getting better on the dev side, significantly better. You see a lot more women. They're a lot happier. The conversations behind closed doors are much more positive. And that's good. I'm very proud of the industry. But in terms of game commentary, um, you'll always be a Ken in Barbie land trying to talk about this stuff from anything to do with dev because there's just too many people who are threatened by a change. And I'm not talking gamers. I'm talking people in the actual media. They, they will not admit it to themselves, but they're threatened. Um, for the same reason some people are threatened by the success of the Barbie movie, it doesn't center them. And they're happy to make space for women and, you know, the types of people, as long as it's space on the side, not the center. Uh, and that industry is going to have to sort its own shit out that way. I like working in the mental health space. I like being able to use games to connect with people. And instead of, you know, the language of various mental health tools, it's like we'll code it as Spider-Man or Zelda or some anime or, um, car racing um you know i i'm a sucker for car race movies i may actually see go gran turismo go see gran turismo not see go uh, that that's weird to me i you have you do not want to know how many times i watch days of thunder and i hate tom cruise i have a thing for car movies it's weird um i like racing too i like westerns it's very strange <laughs> Um, but, uh, I like boxing, love boxing movies, love boxing movies. Um, you know, you guys know I love Rocky, but you know, it's my choice to share that. It's my choice to say, I'd rather use geek stuff to really help people. And I hate the term help because I'm not helping. I'm offering a perspective that empowers people to make those choices so they can be Kenuff. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, they, they can feel like, you know, my little part of the world's okay and it's enough and I matter. I matter to the people around me. I am secure. I have a certain amount of control over my life. I can make choices and have them stick. They're not going to be great choices and people are going to think I'm ugly, but some people aren't. And those connections with those good people who sincerely see the good in you and row with you, you know, every the, the, the ideal place is a group of people where everybody's got their own things going on, but there are things you can work on together. And so, hey, there's this person who can do this piece and this person who can do this piece and this person who can do this piece. 
and everybody moves forward because everybody's putting some energy into it, but everybody's not in direct competition with each other. You develop that community, trust me, it's great. And I've been able to do that with the mental health work in a way that it was just too, it was just too cutthroat in gaming. Every female commentator, like for years, people were like, you should brand yourself as the anti Anita Sarkeesian. I was like, I don't want to. Like, yeah, I probably disagree with everything she says, but I'm not against her. I'm not anti. I'm not, you know, I don't do the tropes versus thing. That's why I don't agree with her. She has the right to her opinions. I want a space where she can talk and you can agree with her or not. And I can talk and you can agree with me or not. But there is no direct catfight bullshit competition. And in gaming media, we are just not there. With the stuff we're doing, ironically, with male-focused, like, it is mental health, yes, but it's also skills building. It's, it's spaces to practice. It's places to be vulnerable. It's um, places where having emotions is encouraged we can all go in the same direction that way because that's what I heard during Gamergate and that's what I hear still out of Comicsgate it's just a bunch of people saying us and the stuff we like we'd like that to not be demonized please we'd like that to matter we'd like to be valid we'd like to be Kenoff right And no matter how they go about expressing that, that is a valid want. Now, if I can take that valid want, validate it, and give them the skills to express themselves better and more effectively from a more centered, less scared place. See, I know how to do that. So I choose to do that. And if that means I can't babble on about Tears of the Kingdom as much as I'd like. That's a trade-off, you know. Um, and that's how it works. That's how choices work. And you can choose to see the Barbie movie. It's not for everybody. I can see why some people wouldn't like it. Some people just probably don't like farce comedy. And if you don't like farce comedy, you're not going to like it. Because that's what it is. But if you like that kind of stuff, you know, if you like satire, you know, that farcical, satirical comedy... It's very good at being that with dance numbers. Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron. Patreon.com slash Leanna K. Or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it. Coffee.com slash Leanna K. Or GoFundMe for the Men's Network. Link in the description box below. Uh, thanks for watching and be well.